Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Ghouls. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And tonight we are joined by a very special guest. Christopher, thank you so much for coming on and joining us tonight. Oh, it is my pleasure. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to finally be able to talk horror with people who are of like mind. Oh, man, I'm glad you're saying that. I Hopefully you still feel that way after the end of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, listened, I've listened to enough episodes where you're like yelling back an opinion of like, no, I don't think that's it. Or like, yeah, that's exactly it. Then now I can like do it with actual response. Yeah. And <laughs> we get the call and response now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's what people are in it for, mostly just to come on and like be like, you know, you were really wrong about X, Y, Z. We're very used to it. <laughs> So it's actually funny too, because we kind of met haphazardly because I was doing in the small world that it is, I was helping my aunt out with a show that uh, your your wife now runs at a uh, elementary school that uh, my family all kind of went to. So we yep. we met because of my, and we kind of struck up a conversation because I think I was wearing a horror shirt that day. Yeah, I think it was that one with all the uh, John Carpenter VHS tapes. Yeah, uh, it was nice. Usually I just get mocked by my family members for wearing my horror t-shirts. It was nice to have like a positive experience from it. No, I've been there. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I'm wearing a, a Buffy shirt right now that I don't wear out as much because it's like, you know, I'm just going to avoid the mocking and the <laughs> just ignore it now. I had heard a lot about you because I would always help um, my Marissa with the... Uh, uh, with the play and you know Joanne and so that you know I was always hearing like uh, Joanne would say my Marissa versus your Marissa and it was a whole it was a whole thing and it was like oh we love movies so much you would fit in so great with our family we always talk about movies nobody else gets it and so uh, it was like oh wow the world's finally uh the worlds have finally collided and met well, tonight we're actually talking about a movie that I think I can't even believe we haven't covered yet um and it's great to have another horror guru on while we do this. But before we get into Psycho and Psycho Part 2, because of course we had to also include, you know, the sequel. Um, let's talk a little bit with you, Chris. So first of all, last film on the left.wordpress.com. This is your blog, yeah? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a horror movie uh, review blog. And it, it says um, the tagline is horror reviews from a uh, spiritual perspective. Interesting. Um, so I, I grew up in church. Uh, my dad is a pastor, and uh, I know I know you guys um, are not uh, church folk, um, which which has never been an issue for me. But I've always loved horror movies, and it was kind of falling, finding this balance between like it was always an issue with people in church of like uh, you know should you really be watching that? How can you like consume that and feel that way? And my feeling was always that you know art art is art. And I can gain things from any kind of art. And I'm like, you know, nobody does something like horror movies. And, you know, what, is, what does Jesus say through, uh, you know, a movie like Scream or a movie like It Follows and that kind of thing. And I just wanted to kind of look at it through that lens of loving both of those worlds mm -hmm. and seeing if I could blend them together. So that's uh, kind of what they are. 
Wow, that's actually really cool. I'm really, I'm really jazzed to kind of learn more. I think, I think it's really interesting. You'd actually be a good yin to our yang over here. Yeah, um, my first thought is, I know that at some point, because it's one of my absolute favorites, we talked about covering The Exorcist. So we're gonna definitely have to have you back on when it comes time to actually crack that nut open. Because oh, absolutely. Like here are your worlds. I guess <laughs> I, I've got very very italian catholic people in my family that will not watch the exorcist because they mm -hmm. feel like that would be just watching that movie is an open door to some sort of possession yeah i yeah i mean i've heard that you know watching possession movies especially you know i've heard that my whole life of like aren't you afraid that that's like really gonna happen i'm like you know if i were afraid that was really gonna happen i feel like that would put into question how strong i really feel like my faith is mm -hmm. Oh, you know, see, that's so I, interesting because I'm yeah. terrified it's gonna happen. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> that that doesn't worry me because I'm like, you know, from from growing up in church, I'm like, you know what? If if God is bigger than demons, I have nothing to worry about being possessed by, uh, you know, just watching a movie. And if that were the case, honestly, there's plenty in the Bible about people being possessed. And wouldn't reading that also cause that to happen? Because it's yeah. another form of storytelling. So. There you go. I don't know that 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 argument doesn't you know has never held water for me because it's like you know my I think that I'm strong enough in my faith that it doesn't have that kind of effect on me and I can watch it for what it is which is art that's meant to thrill you or make you think about that that kind of uh, that that part of the world and that's what I want to enjoy it for. That's a perfect answer. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket for the next family barbecue. <laughs> oh, that is an interesting family barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, possession. Um, so. See, that doesn't, that doesn't make me feel any better because I feel like it's it's heathen mofos like myself that are the, going to be the like target of these like demons. They're going to be like, oh, you're not a believer. So now I'm just even more scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like, you know, when you're a heathen mofo, you're like, you're less interesting because there's less to break. You're already like, okay, now nah, you could come in. I'm already like got one foot in there. That's, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good call. I, you, you're really not getting much from me. That's really funny. Um, so tell us what's a movie, what's a movie recently that you've reviewed that you really enjoyed? Uh, one that I really enjoyed uh, was the new Scream. I really had a lot of fun with the new Scream. Scream is one of my favorite horror movies, the original one. And the sequels are good, but this one I feel like really brought you back to, I don't know if you guys have, have you guys seen the new one? I did. Jackie's been waiting, I think. Okay. It, it really brought a lot back to the original, got back into the meta-ness of it without kind of parodying itself. And I thought that that was a great, um, reintroduction to it that uh the other sequels just had kind of started to pair off until now it was a little sad that it was the first one that wasn't Wes Craven true but I thought that they really um honored his legacy uh with the way they did it they didn't try to make it their own they really kept it a screen movie and to me that was what was the most important was like mm. you know I want to watch this and know this is scream not yeah. watch it and have it feel like uh you know freddy's uh you know freddy's dead the final nightmare or something <laughs> like that where it's like okay this has gone, gone so far off the rails off the ra yeah that's goes. that's fair it did bring it back in a lot of ways that's actually yeah. really fair yeah, um really 
So oh, this is a question we often like to, to kind of throw out there for guests. What is, what is something mm-hmm. you kind of dislike? Or is there anything that's like a line you won't go over? Like I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. What would it be with horror? Would it, you know, like mine is, and I, and I go over the line all the time, but mine is definitely anything like too body rapey, you know, like I, I'm not an extreme horror gal. I'm just not made for it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've often told people like there's nothing that there's nothing that I won't watch, but that's wow. also because I haven't come across anything so insane that I can't. I would say the cl- one I haven't watched any of the sequels of is uh, The Human Centipede. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't do like I know, like I've read about the uh, the sequel uh, as well, both sequels. And I'm like, yeah, I just can't. There's nothing of value that I can like look at that and say, yeah, that's worth, uh, that's worth my time. I think a, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, a Serbian film. Yeah. That, one, did you see like, that one? I can't. I, I have not seen, I have not seen it. I know it is the stuff of, uh, you know, extreme horror legend. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's just, yeah. I don't need to see a guy, you know, raping a woman through her head with his junk. It's just, right. I'm with you. I can't do it. It's like and, what, like what, what is that? And the, you know, the director went on and on saying that it was like, no, this is about how the metaphor um, for violence in the Middle East, yeah, metaphor for for violence that the government was, you know, they were metaphorically raping the the poor of Serbia, and I'm like. There wasn't any other way you could. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm like, I feel like there's different ways. Yeah, story. there's. That's just the the bottom line. Is like Marissa and I have talked about this before. In a film like that, it's like really who is who is this made for? Like who is your audience? Yeah. And and sometimes, unfortunately, um, actually, I think this might have been a. I don't know if this was on an episode or if this was just a text conversation Marissa and I were having. But we kind of like touched on like the gatekeeping aspect and kind of almost the bullying aspect where it's like, oh, you haven't seen a, uh, the Siberian film? Well, I mean, I mean maybe, I'm, maybe I'm more of a, a horror, maybe I'm more of a horror fan than you are if you haven't seen that movie. And it's like, you know what? Not everything is everybody's cup of tea kind of thing. And, and again, you know, what do you think? You're going to get street cred because you watch some really nasty scene in a movie like that? Like, yeah, honestly, eh. if, if anything else, I tend to like not, I don't want to say that I like think less of you for for having watched it, but it's like that that doesn't in my book make me feel like oh let I you know poo. exactly. I feel like I know about it, and that's enough for me. If you've seen it and you can sit through that, I mean, more power to you. I guess. I yeah, would be, cool. That's that's I would on be you. As to why and what made you feel like you wanted to. So yeah, I mean, I would say those are the things I really. Uh, really don't love like like a like a rape and revenge movie it has to be like a really compelling story yeah i'm with you to really enjoy it or it has to be like it can't just be be like an extended rape scene and then she kills some guys it's like man you know come tell me a story with it and i can consider it but that is just not for me it wasn't made for me i'm not i'm not that audience I'm, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. And I got to give Jackie a lot of credit here because she is so strong minded in that when movies like this, like, for example, The Sadness just came out on Shudder and all mm-hmm. of the people who she's talking about who are like, yeah, I saw that. I want to puff out their chest and be gatekeepy are like 
uh, that's why I tend to fall for movies like that. She's so much stronger than I am because I'm like, oh, I gotta go watch it. Like, and then I always regret it. The sadness messed me up. It was, and when I told her about it, she was like, yeah, that's that's a not that's a no for me, dog. And and I always give, I'm just always in awe because I think how I wind up down the rabbit hole with movies like that is because I'm like, I gotta, I can be cool too. Like, I'm totally the like, if everybody jumps off the bridge, I'm going too. But at least I know that about myself, you know. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, at least at least you can, uh, you know, self-diagnose that but (laughs) well I just I just always want to know what everybody's talking about like I have the worst FOMO in the world like I'm I'm with that if I see a movie advertised on Facebook sometimes where it's like the shutter ad where it's like oh where it's like oh this is if you loved ready player one you're gonna love this book I'm like I should probably buy that book. I guess. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah. shit, I did love, right, right? Like, and like with the sadness, it's like everybody was talking about it on all the networks and like even in like my writers groups and I was like, well, shit, now I got to go watch it. And it was horrible. Like it was just a miserable experience all around. So yeah. I'm with you. I, I <laughs> sometimes I really regret my choices in those arenas. Um, yeah. And I, I think, Jackie, you're right. It's a, it's a bullying aspect. And you see that in fandoms yeah. across the board. It's like, mm, true. oh, you, you don't, you don't consume this part of the fandom. This part, you know, bothers you or isn't for you. You must not really. Yeah. You're not as big as fan as I am. Like I'm a really big harp. And it's like, you know what? To each their own. You know what? You, if you, Absolutely. it's like the people that are like, you know, have only seen the Harry Potter movies and get shit for being Harry Potter fans because they've only seen the movies and they didn't read the book. It's like, dude, who cares? Like, let somebody like what they like. like yeah. Let somebody like their stuff. Oh my God, a hundred percent. Because yeah. as a huge Harry Potter fan, as a, you know, mm-hmm. Slytherin alum, my feeling is like, would I recommend you read the books too? Absolutely. Absolutely. If the books are not for you, that's fine. I love the movies too. Let's bond over that. Yeah. Oh, you guys are adorable. I say fuck the people who didn't read the books. She's horrible. She's a terrible, terrible person. I mean, yes, they missed out. I just won't say that to (laughs) their face, you know. I am. No, I will. And and you're right. I'm I'm the bad, like, that's why I'm the asshole. And that's okay. I'm okay. You're the bully. You're the guy. You're the guy. Way to go. I I am. You know what, though? I, and and again, this is totally gatekeepy. I earned this because, you know what? 80s nerddom was not for the week. And I was an 80s nerd. So that's why I will always be like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Because, like, we we were bullied we were the we were the losers and and now yeah. it's so cool to be into geek culture like the fact that i and i again i do love i'm wearing my my dusted thinking cap from stranger things that my daughter let me borrow tonight but she also made me promise i would say it was hers because she's like you're not cool enough for that but <laughs> at the end of the day like it, it's so cool to be into geek culture now like it's like 10 year old me would have shat her pants if she lived in 2022 like 10 year old me had to go to the comic book store and hope they had some sort of semblance of a good avenger story or hope that there was some cool geeky shit available and then go to school and be bullied for it so yeah maybe i am an asshole about it these days but i feel like i earned my stripes back in the day so that's that's kind of where i get off um i'm I'm with that and and i I do feel the same about that but it makes me feel like uh there's this uh batman meme from a, a comic where he's sitting in the Mobius chair and he says I'm a god now <laughs> it's like that's how I feel with my friends who are not geeks and didn't grow up in the 80s and 90s geek culture. because then it's like hey Chris have you heard of this uh have you heard of like this comic or this movie I'm like 
Yes, come sit at come sit at my feet. Right, <laughs> I know. Seriously, I love. Let there's nothing I love more. Of beat them to you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's nothing I love more than when somebody turns to me during a scene and like, an, you like a Avengers movie or something. They're like, "Wait, who's that character?" And I'm like, "Oh, dear sweet angel." Like I'm just, it's it's just uh, that's unfortunately. That's when you the... pause, it's like, okay, settle in, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, <"Come laughs> find out what that is. Exactly. No, I'm with you. But all right, so let's let's bring it back around. Let's hit some psycho here. Can we right. start with Hitchcock first? Because guys, whether we like it or not, the guy was an uber douche. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, as as most directors, uh, especially yeah, right? of the time. Of his were, time, yeah. Yeah. Especially. So I will say one thing I love about him, like doing research on who he was as a person, is that I feel like he had a really dark, wicked sense of humor. And that probably got him in a lot more trouble. Like like one time he was famously quoted as saying actors should be treated like cattle. And I could see in yeah. those moments, like I think he was trying to be snarky, but like he, I, I don't know that he always got there. So I'm not, for the record, I'm not defending Alfred Hitchcock because I'm going to talk about everything he did that I thought was terrible and why if he were still alive today, I would not let him make movies anymore. But at the end of the day, his dark sense of humor and his his brilliance is is undeniable. I mean, you look at his canon, and the, the dude knew how to make a movie. Like, absolutely, and that that's where you have to kind of separate the the art from the artist. And I know not everybody can can do that, and that's yeah. okay. But you know, to me, to me, it's like I can watch Strangers on a Train and Rope and Psycho and be like, those are like that is some brilliant direction. The lighting, the mood, the the absolutely. the way it's it's done. That doesn't mean he wasn't a dick, but you know, <laughs> he, he, he was a dick who knew what he was doing. And it seems like he was a dick to his employees, because when you get to the personal life, like he and his wife, his wife and his kid, his daughter, like the stories they tell in when he got his uh, lifetime achievement award, I think from the American Film Institute, like all he talked about was his wife. And he was like, you've stood by my side for, I don't know, 50, 60 years, however long they were married. And he was just like, I would not be Alfred Hitchcock if it wasn't for you. Like it's, I don't know. I just, I think that it's more the way he handled his people, his employees. Yeah. Not to say that there probably wasn't some skeleton in the closet. I don't know. But from what I was reading, it seems more... His employee, he wasn't like the greatest boss. I mean, and he definitely was an arrogant fuck. Well, he, all, I yeah. mean, he definitely, I mean, at least according to Tippi Hendren, if you believe her side of the story, he was sexually right. abusive. He was emotionally manipulative. He, you know, s- literally assaulted her. He controlled her. He like stopped people from talking to her. And and on set, he was a total prick. You're right. He was, he was definitely a really giant dickwad um, to the specific- it was almost like method directing, you know, if you, mm-hmm. right. not, not, not to justify what he did at all, but, exactly. you know, right, that, but that's, that's, that's how Kubrick got, vibe I got right? with that method directing of like, I want you to be afraid because I want you to be afraid on camera so that you really are showing that emotion. And that's exactly. not okay, yeah. but Co- the Kubrick Shelley Duvall thing, you know, yeah. like he, and he did it to Timmy Hendrix and he did it to Grace Kelly and he did it to women. And so did Kubrick. Kubrick was notorious for being really cool to Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell. Right. And he was notorious for being really nice to Jack Nicholson, but he was a fucking scumbag to the women he worked with. Literally two different women who played the woman who was supposed to be raped in a clockwork orange walked off set because the way that man treated him. Same thing with Hitchcock. People were like, this man is abusive and terrible yet unfortunately because of and it was a sign of the times nobody cared nobody believed it my other big kind of like 
thing that I've been playing around with is like, I read this thing and this is, you guys are gonna laugh at me because if of all the terrible things he's been accused of, one of the things that sits the illest with me is that apparently he had a big like prank slash like uh, betting war with the people on set. And one of his camera people bet him that he could stay chained to camera all night, right? So Hitchcock bet him his salary, like they would swap salaries depending on who won. But obviously a camera person is gonna stand to make a lot of money, right? So the guy chains himself to the camera. Hitchcock's like, all right, man, good luck. You have a whole night here. Hands him a drink, like an alcoholic drink that he poisoned with a laxative. And the poor guy wound up having to like get himself unchained and wound up losing the bet. And yeah, like there's a part of me that's like, ah, that's funny. But then there's a part of me that's like, dude, there's a fucking, you have a bet going on. Like you fucking respect the bet. You don't roofie your fucking camera person. So like, I don't know. There's just... To me, it's like if Alfred Hitchcock, I play the game in my head of if he were trying to make a movie today, would we let him? And I worry that his brilliance would overpower the fact that he's dangerous and horrible to specifically women on set. This is why the Jeepers Creepers thing sits so poorly with me. Why the fuck is that guy still making movies? And why the fuck are we still talking about them? Guy's a fucking child molester, you know? So it's like, I, I worry sometimes that like giving him a pass, which for the record, I'm always gonna love Hitchcock movies. I think as long as he's not making money or profiting off of it today, when we know what we know and we're woke is okay. This is why I'll still watch Kubrick films, you know, but at the end of the day, would he make movies today? I don't know. And that worries me. So that's something I've been playing with in my head. I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that. I mean, I don't think he would be able to get away with the, with the abuse, uh, especially in the last, especially in the, I mean, I think he would have been able to up until a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, there may have been a few people that would have said, you know what, after the fact that I don't like working with that guy, but also I kind of like the money I made because he's a brilliant guy. Right, right. And that's true. But up until a couple of years ago, nobody, nobody would have, you know, canceled him. Nobody would have, you know, written, Great. you know, stuff about him saying, uh, you know, what a terrible person he was like. He wouldn't have gotten the, the Joss Whedon treatment, you know. Yeah. Who, who just who just had that done where for so long it was like you know j- you know Joss Whedon is our god now for for nerds right, right. so it's okay but that now, he was now right right but now it's not okay and I think the same thing would have happened with Hitchcock it's like it would have been tolerated until it stopped being tolerated by most people I mean I know you're not a fan of cancel culture for the record I think it's dangerous too I think we got to tread yeah. lightly in all this but what do you think you you give it a movie these days um I mean I don't know. Would he, it's one of those things where I don't know that we can kind of figure that out because would he act that way if he, if it were today, if he were a 50 year old man in 2022 making Psycho, would he even have the stones to act that way? Like, obviously he was brought up and again, this is not a defense, but obviously he's brought up in a different time. The world is a completely different time. I mean, we can jump right into it. We're getting to a point where in a movie, we have never seen a toilet, let alone a toilet being flushed. We've got two people laying on a bed in their underwear. And that is some scandal going on. Like it is clearly so much of a different time that Mm. it's like, it's almost curious to see what would Hitchcock in 2022 be like, like, would he have that mentality that he had the way that he treated people and maybe he would and honestly he tried that shit today he would be canceled and it's like you cannot treat people that way like that's just it's unacceptable to you know what is the uh oh i can't think of the term 
like when you like that that whole like immersive fear when you like try to force someone into their fear to cure them of their fear kind of situation yeah I guess that's what I'm thinking of like it's almost like how you were saying like kind of method directing like yeah like an you you know we need to get this fear out of you so I'm going to make you afraid so I can capture that on film and And it's like trust the actor like as and not that I'm going to call myself an actor but I have acted in the past I was a theater major I've been through that but like to me like if you have to do that to your actor not only is it shitty just as a human being but it's so disrespectful that you can't trust your actor to get there themselves with their craft you know what I mean it's like you cast this person so give them the confidence that they can get there on their own I don't need you to scare me to get a scared reaction on film. Let me, as the actor, get there. Right. And and I think he definitely blurred the line of between like, you know, auteur and fucking abuser, you know? So I yeah. think that's fair. The other thing that's interesting too is like looking at his canon, so much to me of the themes is like women being subjected to terrible things. Oh, 100%. And, and yeah. the underlying thesis being, well, they kind of deserved it. Like, well, she, you know, had sex and liked it and she stole the money. So uh, she kind of deserved it. Now, interestingly, I feel like of all the people who I didn't expect to defend uh, Hitchcock, Carol Clover in Men, Women and Chainsaws, as I often reference, actually goes out of the way to kind of be like, no, this was just the slasher becoming the slasher. And she quotes Hitchcock as having said that, um, like, it's not so much about misogyny as much as it's putting yourself in the eyes of the victim. So he says, like, it's not just the body of Marion that he was rupturing and kind of like violating, but also the body on the other side of the film and the screen. He's literally quoted as saying he was slashing an impression, tearing not only just through her, but tearing through the screen itself, ripping at us as well. And I think that's a profound statement on what you were saying, Jackie, this idea that like, he was trying to push the envelope at a time when yeah. like what the only other comparable slasher at that time is peeping Tom. And that movie is such a cringe creep and fest, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that I have no problem with Marion getting her comeuppance because this is also the, well, keep in mind, this is also the time of EC comics. And this is when we have tales from the crypt and yeah, it's the moral morality code. story, yeah. like not for nothing, but I mean, I'm not going to, you know, Marion wants to go have sex on her lunch break get it girl because i'm not that lucky but ah. you you steal money it's a morality yeah, tale you, are a dirt bag. <laughs> you know like that's to me like that doesn't seem so far-fetched that we're going to use this as you do something bad this is what you get i mean honestly right. god nobody nobody was a good guy in in psycho there's nobody yeah. who you can look at and be like oh i want to root for them they all are kind of trashy human people to be honest including norman bates i mean norman bates had you know the the mental issue but he was kind of a creepy guy you know he was he was a bit of a peeping tom Mm -hmm. and then you know you had the the mother who was crazy marion is a thief the uh uh the boy the boyfriend loomis uh not a great guy the sister was kind of you know the cop the cop was obnoxious and kind of <laughs> didn't mind seeing him get spiced up either. Yeah. It was nobody that I was like, oh, I'll miss them. I was like, eh. Mm, oh, you know, kind of deserved it. So 
Yeah, let's, all right. So on that note, let's dive in because I'm kind of curious to kind of test that, litmus test that. Um, obviously, Psycho takes a huge borrowing from 1980, uh, 1899s for its interpretation of dreams. Of course, I'm talking to the Oedipal Complex here, this idea that we are all secretly wishing to kill the opposite gender parent and marry, uh, flip that, kill the same gender parent, marry the opposite gender parent. Obviously, Norman's, it's interesting because they kind of, like, they kind of pose that Norman's dad died when he was really young, right? So this actually fits into psychodynamic theory really well, because in the phallic stages, when the Oedipus complex develops, which is around age three to six. Norman, according to Freud, would have just had a really bad Oedipal complex. My question, though, is what does this trying to tell us about like gender roles and moms and dads and all that good stuff? Because, you know, I don't know that I buy the dissociative identity stuff, but I do buy that this kid was really bulked up by his parents. <laughs> I mean, I have no problem with the uh, disassociative uh, identity, identity issue and the multiple personality thing. I don't know that it was... I don't know that it was uh, like a, a, a an Oedipal complex in the way that I think it was a a, 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 a dominant and submissive uh, relationship more than it was like an an obsessive thing. I think it was just he was so subject subjected sub, subjugated by his mother when she was alive that it was he didn't know how to live without that. So even after he mm. killed her. It's like, I don't know who I am without that subjugation. So I can't function without it. I have to recreate it or, or, or you know, design it for myself because I don't know how to be my own person without that. That's how I've always viewed it is not <laughs> so much the DID thing, but more of it's his coping mechanism. Like <laughs> there is such the burden of guilt from his first kill that if he just basically becomes her and she's not really dead she's not gone he didn't do it he did not kill her and and then these other you know murders that are happening that mother is doing is it's completely separate from him like I always took it as much more of of a coping mechanism than I mean there's definitely abuse there um it also kind of I don't know if either of you have read the book no Okay, so Norman is a little bit different in the book. Norman is, um, he's older, like in the movie, I mean, it's Anthony Perkins and he is adorable and you just want to take him and put him in your pocket and he's so cute. But in the book, Norman, like Norman is older. He's like a heavy set kind of frumpy, grumpy guy. He drinks a lot. Like Norman is definitely not as likable as the Norman in this movie, which I think is what makes it so much more effective is that for the first part of the movie, like here's Norman, he's just a good guy. You know, his mom's up there, she's sick. He's taking care of stuff, super polite, super attentive. Like, and again, he's a handsome guy. He's young, he's handsome. What's not to like about Norman kind of thing. Well, and, so I mean, you, you get a bit of a, you get a bit of a vibe. You, you, you get a bit of like a, this guy is a little like socially awkward, a little mm-hmm. weird. But you're right. He's he's also charming. Otherwise, why would you know Marion, who's this you know attractive woman with with uh with a boyfriend, you know, kind of ent- entertaining him and having dinner with him and doing all this stuff, 
Um, but before we continue, are you saying that because I haven't read the book, I'm not as big a psycho fan as you? I, I'm going to, I, I didn't like want to say it. Right I now. didn't want to, I was hoping you would read between the lines. That okay, you good. Read the book, no, I got just, that. Thank you, bully. Yeah. <laughs> See, Sorry. now who's the bully? Oh, it's still me. Um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and say politely to call BS on this whole, like, no, what a cute. Here's my thought. Homeboy can't handle his sexual desires because his, his fucked up mom made him feel like it was somehow wrong. And Marion, so here, my, basically in my opinion, and I'm going to go ahead and real quick and give credit to an article I read called Psychofeminism from Hitchback to Hollaback and Back Again. What a great fucking title for a fucking article by Greg Scorzo here. And please, we're going to link it in the notes because it's an awesome read. But it basically, I'm going to give them credit here. But basically my theory is that both Norman and Marion have been taught that the sexuality that they both have have partaken in her from just banging Sam because he's hot and then realizing he's not good marriage material and then also committing the crime in the name of the good sex. <laughs> and also then Norman desiring Marion kind of having the hots for her when she shows up is a problem for her because she's a woman in a patriarchal society and a problem for him because his matriarch has instilled in him the values that the patriarchy instilled in her. So to read this as a feminist, like, basically, like, a, 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 a like, look what the fucking patriarchy does, fuck the patriarchy. Basically, the whole movie, we're spent being reminded that Marion is, like, haunted by creepy men, right? The police officer, total fucking creep. The, the car salesman, typical creepy car sales guy. Like, and, and she even has to kind of defend herself, like, why do I need an excuse to buy a car? I want to buy, like, shut the fuck up, I want to buy a car, you know? Um, even the, the creep buying the house, you know why I don't feel bad that she steals his money because he's a hop, skip and a, a boob grab away from sexual harassment. He is such oh. a fucking bleh, human being. Okay. Not that I'm saying stealing his money is right, but I'm just saying like, if you're going to steal money, steal it from a rich creep, I can live with that. All right. That's Robin Hood shit right there. But at the end of the day, almost every man in the story is this hypersexualized, aggressive, creepy, stalky guy. Even Sam, like you said, he's not like a great guy. So because they're all men, they have the power to be overtly sexual and not apologize for it. Norman is fucked up because he doesn't have that luxury. Marion dies because she doesn't play by those rules. So to me, I think that, you know, like, and we can get into this when we, when we transition to Psycho 2, because you guys are almost willing to be like, not guilty, not guilty Norman, I feel like. Where I'm like, oh, no, no, no. He's like, guilty as fuck. Oh, okay. Like you wouldn't let him out in the second one, right? Like I'd be like, nah, bro, you're 100% guilty for what you did. I, we'll, we'll get there. We, we'll All get right. there. I've All got, right. Put I've a pin got in questions it. and notes. So we'll get Put there. Put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I do think Norman is responsible for his behaviors. I do think that he was damaged by a traumatic childhood, but it's the same thing as all serial killers, right? Just because they fucked up mommies and daddies doesn't mean they get to be serial killers, right? So um, I think there's a lot of like really fun meat on this bone but i think more importantly we should definitely give it the homage for being the og slasher it was because jackie started talking to that and i think that's that's where this film deserves to get its praise also somebody tell me you did research on the music because why is the music so fucking good in this movie <laughs> like why is the, the, music, so the music is amazing i just want to uh i i i politely <laughs> disagree that this is an og slasher okay because i feel like over time, and especially with you know going into the late seventies and eighties, is when kind of the the slasher tropes really developed. So you have like your standard, you know, you need a mask, you need a signature weapon, you have the final girl, like all those kind of tropes that um, you see in in a lot of them. 
to me, you know, the, you know, Norman, Norman doesn't have a high body count that you see on screen. He's got two mm-hmm. and both of them were committed, not by Norman, but by his alter ego or by his other personality. So I feel like, you know, calling it a slasher is a little like, I think it was definitely an inspiration, but I would never consider Psycho to be a slasher. I'd never put Norman Bates up there with your Michael Myers or your Jason Voorhees or any of those guys, you know what I mean? No, that's, that's totally fair. I do think it's like a founding father situation though. I would, I would say like a founding uncle, maybe (laughs) Okay. father founding. He was like an uncle who had a real strong. (laughs) I like that. Okay. I can live with that. Yeah. I've, I've, I've kind of more curious to hear thoughts on that because I, I think a lot of people patch this up to being an OG slasher. I do in my head think if I'm thinking the evolution of slashers just because of the, the shower scene, I think without the shower scene mainstream, like this is the film that made that mainstream okay. So that's why to me, it, it maybe it is like the bastard uncle. You have a lot of good points though. And I think that like Norman was a founding father in a way, but you're right. It, it's got a lot of things that don't quite fit the bill. I think it's more like murder, murder mystery almost. Ooh. And I think that the, I think that the mental, uh, the mental health aspect of it, which, you know, I think we can get into more with Psycho 2, is definitely a, a factor that shouldn't just be glossed over. You know, I know you're talking about, like, should Norman be held responsible for it? I don't know if he should, 100%. And I know that's more in the second one, but, you know. Right, we're going to have to circle back around to that. But here's my argument, though. I'm going to the video store, because, yes, I still live in 1994. I'm going to the video store. I'm going to pick up Psycho tonight. I'm going to the horror section for Psycho. And there's a yeah. reason for that. There's a very specific list of reasons for that. No, that's true. Uh, you would definitely find that in the horror section. It's up yeah, there. I'm not with going horror. to like thriller or like psychological drama. You know, like I'm going to horror. Well, I mean, to, I mean, horror, horror, thriller are definitely you know uh, looked at as synonymous a lot of times. You know, you have like horror, horror thriller movies. You know, you usually it's that like this is horror slash thriller. All right, Chris, I'm going to ask you a question. Your wife come home tonight and you say to her, we're going to watch a, 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 a thriller movie. She's more likely to be like, mm, okay. than if you're like, we're going to watch a horror movie. Oh, a hundred percent. She's more right. likely so to there's, watch. There, because there's an, an, an inherent difference in the two. Oh, no, there's definitely a difference. I just think that they can be thriller is closer to horror than any other genre is. Mm. Yeah, you know, that I agree with. Yeah, like, that I agree with. Like crime thriller and then horror thriller, and I think Psycho falls into the. I do. Horror, I, I'll thriller, give horror thriller aspect because Ooh. the mom is so creepy. You got the dead body, you know, sitting in the house thing. You know, the shower scene. You're right. Is you know iconic for a reason, but hmm. that's why I think you can kind of play with the genre of of Psycho a little bit, and I don't think it's as cut and dry as. As we like to uh, pretend, it, as the bullies pretend it is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, as, the, as the one bully pretends it is. <laughs> um, so if if anybody is is into, I mean, obviously people are into podcasts because you're listening to our show. Um, but there is a series, there's a, a guy named Mark Ramsey and he does really, really awesome series where he does like a several part series, deep dive into certain movies. And one of them he did is about Psycho. It's called Inside Psycho. It's the Inside series. 
Um, he so did he a podcast. The same one he did, like, Inside the Exorcist? In- I watched yes. that one. Listen yes. to that That's one. that. Inside the Exorcist is, like, one of my, like, warm blankets. Like, how normal people will watch The Office <laughs> over and over and over again. Inside Sight or Inside the Exorcist is a podcast that I will just continually listen to over and over and over again because I love it. But anyway, um, <laughs> Mark Ramsey does a really, really, Dark. really good job. Um, and he touches on the music. So originally in the shower scene, it was silent. There was the sound of the water. There was, uh, they went through several fruits to figure out which fruit, which sound of a knife going into a fruit would sound like knife going into flesh. So it was just the water. It was the squelching of the knife sound and it was screams and that was it. And Bernard <laughs> Herman, the composer, he basically was like talking to Hitchcock and he said, you know, I'm going to make a cello and a violin scream. And we get the shower scene with that iconic music. And one thing I really like about Psycho is before I ever watched Psycho, I knew what Psycho was like every, and I can't speak for children today, but like, I remember like, you know, when you're a little kid and you're on the playground or whatever, tell me what person our age hasn't like picked up a stick or something and gone, re, 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 re. <laughs> we've all done that. And that's, that's because so of Psycho, you know, like I salary in your hands. That is, it's a ruler. Oh, <laughs> I was like, did you celery. just have celery? Like, I was like, wow. Yeah, it's a ruler. I, uh, but I no, first, like, everybody I, knew what Psycho was before Psycho. I've never, I mean, I watched Psycho for the first time in high school, but I remember being a little kid. I knew who Norman Bates was. I knew about, like, Mother Bates in the window. And again, re, 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 we've all done that. Oh yeah, I I knew that I knew the shower scene, and I knew, like, the Bates Motel, and I knew that it was a scary movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. And when I first saw the movie, I was like a little bored in the beginning when I first saw it. Yeah, I was you know, a teenager and I was like, yeah. what is this like espionage yeah. thing? She's like stealing money for her and her it lover was, from the yeah, bank was, and the bosses after. Like, this is, where, where's the scary part? Like, I don't know what deal about this. Then she gets murdered in the shower and it's like, oh, okay, here we are. Okay, now I get it. There's a murder and a dead mother and a creepy thing. Okay, I get that. <laughs> But like that that's what's interesting about Psycho 2 is that it, the movie changes halfway through. It's this it's this like crime espionage thing mm-hmm. and then when the shower scene happens it's like hey you thought you were watching this now you're watching this. Mm. No, it's very true. I think it it takes that turn, right? Almost like that that typical like and I feel like a lot of Hitchcock movies do that where they start almost painfully slow and then they um I think it's worth also mentioning there ha- I, I did a lot of interesting reads for this about queer coding of Norman Bates. And, uh, you know, again, I always like to give the caveat that as two cisgendered straight women and, uh, you know, I, I have to presume another cisgendered straight person with us. I don't um, maybe I'm yes. presuming incorrectly. Um, I think it's we have to tread lightly and listen to the experts. But there have been a lot of good arguments about like, well, it's kind of problematic because the character who is queer coded is the the guy who's the slasher and one could argue that the cross-dressing is part of the problem and part of the monster so to speak right so it's interesting to read those kind of back and forths there are some that say though that the argument doesn't really hold much weight because he's you know you can have conversations about well he was suffering from mental health disorder and that's very different from having gender identity issues you know so yeah yeah, to me that doesn't hold water only because it wasn't norman bates killing people by wearing a dress and a wig he was he was it's it's not like i'm norman bates in a dress it was 
in his mind, he was a completely other person. So was it, it was kind of like, did you ever see uh, uh, the movie Split? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, that's kind of like that. There was the one guy who wore the hat and the glasses. And then there's almost no real, like there's literally like one or two cases of DID that we actually accept as real. So like, I I don't know how much I buy. Okay, let's put a pin in it because I think this is a good transition to Psycho Part 2. And Jackie, were you the one who like tech, like you messaged me a couple months ago, right? You were like, dude, this movie's actually like, Right. Well, way we better than it has any right being. <laughs> when we were doing March Madness, Norman Bates oh, was right. one of our non-supernatural serial killers that we talked about, and we basically were just talking really about the Norman killer starting in the second. Now you can get three bodies on him in the first movie, right? Because you have mom, his mother. The, yeah, that was our our parameter. Yeah, our rule was three. three. Our, yeah, three, at least three kills. Yeah, if you get three so, on them, they were serial um, killer. But no, so but yeah. because <laughs> that, you know, we had Psycho on the list, and I'm like, well, I've never seen Psycho too, so let me just kind of see what else there was. So yeah, I've watched. I watched it in February. Watched it again here. Um, like, my oh. whole thought about this, and this is kind of just a very broad statement, like. My Ooh. first note is, I love when you pause long because there's something good coming. <laughs> just very, just very about painful, very like controversial, right, right, one way or the other. Yeah, the necessity for sequels, and again, Ooh. this is coming from someone like my bread and butter are slasher films, like Chucky Part Two, like or Child's Play Part Two is my favorite of the series. You know, I love no Nightmare on Elm Street okay. Four and Five. Like I'm here, Said no whatever. For the sequels, always. Oh, listen, I'm with you. Uh, Dream Dream Warriors uh, is my favorite of the Freddy movies. Absolutely, yeah. I'll, I'll 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 go. I'll down t- yeah, always over the first one. Sorry, the third, West, third one's West my East, favorite. Yeah. Not my favorite. I don't know if I'd put it that on my favorite. I think a New Nightmare might be my favorite, which is really scandalous to say out loud. I think. But yeah, no, New Nightmare is good too. But so my whole my whole thing, my first note was that's your. Like, you think the, this is just a cheap cash in on sequel? The need for a sequel, wow. and and kind okay. of just in general because. I mean, there are certain movies that people would never have the cojones to remake. Gus Van Sant comes out and he goes, oh, I'm going to shot for shot remake yeah, that Psycho. Is, that is a bold choice. And it's like, <laughs> it's, 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 like most people kind of came out the gate like, who the fuck you think you are remaking Psycho? Like, this is not to be touched. Like, if, so, if they announced today, we're going to remake Citizen Kane. Like, no right. one is going to be in support bananas. of that. Like, really any of like you know citizen kane ben herb casablanca like you're, we're going to remake that especially shot stars. for shot remake like it's kind of bananas but like yeah my whole thought was i don't even like, understand the shot for shot point like then what was the point you yeah, got the you, like, got, the, you it, got the wrong you got the wrong cast in a shot for shot remake Just that is very put true the old, put the old one in color and re-release it if that's what you yeah. really want to do that Which like is does it detract because he wanted it black and white. Does does it detract? Like, does every movie need a sequel? Like, can we not just say, "Here's the movie"? So you're saying, "Here's like, what happens." This actually the like this marred the the psycho the original wow. for me. Okay, like, it was that bad movie, for you? Okay, it's not that I hated this movie. I didn't huh. hate this movie. I'll never probably ever go back to it again unless it's no. for the show. Yeah. Um, so I didn't hate it. It wasn't a terrible experience watching it, but everything that happened detracted for me from the original up to and including (laughs) it being in color 
And I, I literally put, I don't know why this bothers me, but it, but it how even could you like possibly made it that movie back away. Exactly. But why did it even need to be made? Like, why do we need to know what happens to Norman Bates? The no, ending of Psycho you. was perfect. You've got Norman completely in Norma state, that flash of the skull when he smiles at the camera. And then that final shot with Marion's car being dredged out of the lake. Like, I'm sorry, full stop. We don't need any more. And to think- me, 22 years later, now we're going to do a sequel in color where norman is released from prison and then the whole bullshit with lila marrying sam like i don't know like it just it really okay me but what if they had made the godfather part two that's why you make sequels right yeah i mean taking a crack at creating the thing that makes it even better now i know there were more godfather books and all that but like coppola really never wanted it he wanted it to be a standalone film I know, they, and I make two and problem, three. And the problem with that. Psycho Two is that I I think it was ahead of its time, and and released at you're the great. wrong time. I'm with you, dude. It, it got lost in the shuffle. It, you know, in 1980, in 1984 or 1983, whenever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, three. It got lost in the shuffle of like every every year is another right. friday movie and and at- every year is another freddy movie every year is another chucky movie yep. and that was getting lost in and those were the good ones mm-hmm. this was getting lost in you know slumber party two three and four and maniac two three and four and all this kind of stuff yeah. that it was like oh it's psycho two it's just another sequel like people will go see it because they like to go see people get murdered by the killer and then they'll move on whereas if it you know you look at Halloween 2018, look at um, Scream 4 and and 5. These were, you know, or even Halloween H2O, which was, I think, is criminally underrated. Um, These were later movies, 10-year later movies that were released at a time when it was like, people were hungry. Something new with it. And I think it just got lost in the shuffle of, here's just, here's another horror sequel. You know? I also think, like to your point, like look how well uh, Bates Motel the series did. That that mm-hmm. was a great show. I I actually I enjoyed watch it. That. Yeah, you should because it. See, it's funny because in my head, like I have this whole canon a little bit though. It, it, uh, it to- oh, it totally does. But like I love I love that show and I love what it gave me for Norman. Like going into this watch of Psycho was the first time I've watched it since I watched Bates Motel, and I found myself having to constantly be like, no, he's not the sympathetic character you love from the show like he has become something entirely different for me so i but guess even, maybe that's why i'm not offended everything by. was all about the women in his life right. everything was about the women and being being repressed from being able to explore his own which i, I thought life, was interesting his own yeah. life his own right uh, you he was know abused, like, horribly he, abused by all these outside women. of his mother yeah i liked it though um wow okay so interesting all right so you guys are sitting on the board. You're going to be like, yes, Norman could go free. I am i don't know that I'm saying that because that opens kind of like the general can of worms right. about anybody that is currently in the correctional, you know, facility has paid their dues to society and being released. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was, you know, looking up stats of what is the likelihood that someone will commit that or another lesser crime again, like how many people end up going wow. back to jail. So I don't know that I necessarily, I'm going to open my mouth to say anything on that only because I don't have enough 
knowledge and research to back up anything I say in the context of this movie. Yeah, I think that's what we need to say. I think that caveat is within the context of the series of Psycho, not in not in reality. Because you know he should be probably in reality, I would say that he might be able to be released, but would have to be maybe under the care of like a caregiver. If right. you're going, if you're going, or, with, or a Tilly sister, either way, with the, <laughs> with the mental health uh, aspect of it, no I, you know, I'm not 100 sold that he was. The no killer. way! I'm on that board. I'm like, there's no way Norman Bates goes home tonight because motherfucker's gonna kill again. I'm sorry. And listen, I'm saying this as a a therapist, as a counselor, as someone who's completely sympathetic to mental health, y'all. Like, I I think that. That's like letting David Berkowitz go home because he talked his dog told him to do it. Like, you know, like there's gotta be I don't know. I, I was really bad that they let him go, but I got I, I also realized that that's maybe not not my fault. Like my, that's my cross to bear. I'm I'm leading hard. Right. But, well, and you know, we again there's there's no movie if he doesn't go home. That's right. So, <laughs> we kind of need him to go home. Um, which maybe which maybe then well then maybe you're right. Maybe he shouldn't have gone home because then we wouldn't have had to deal with psycho two, three, and four. <laughs> Wait a minute, but to be fair, De- Dennis Franz's character, <laughs> what a do she totally deserved it. <laughs> oh, 100 percent Like 100%. most of these people, you're like, I can live with that person being dead. <laughs> I can live with everybody, everybody who was killed being killed. I'm oh, except sure. what's her face, Tilly's character. Why? Oh, I felt bad for her. You guys do feel she, bad for her? She was just as guilty as the rest of them. A hundred percent, but then she like turned good. Yeah, but you could say the same thing about Norman up until mm. the end. Norman didn't kill anybody until the very, until, very end. Oh, fair, but he still killed her. Yeah, and Tilly's character with Mary, she Mary? but she became good. She was like me. I'm not gonna she become good. She was helping Norman based on her own guilt. Yeah, true. Oh, and because she wanted, to, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't altruism. It was. It was. Uh, you know, this has kind of gone too far, and maybe mom. And also, I'd like to get here. maybe get a little action later. Yeah. She Both needed to those... make herself. She needed to make herself feel better. I need yeah, you. Absolutely. I need to confess. I need you to forgive me. When the free Norman society suddenly got really judgy. (laughs) Okay, well, listen, she was also suffering from parent issues too, because like, oh, my my mom married my aunt's boyfriend after she was brutally murdered. Can we also talk about the girl code for a second? uh, It's (laughs) like shared, uh, what do you think? Like a shared terrible experience is what brought them together. So guarantee that was a whole loveless marriage. And it sounded like Lila has been spending her whole entire life obsessing over marion's death and right maybe she shouldn't have married her dead sister's uh boyfriend then the, yeah. none of this shit guilt would have happened yeah. uh, that was i remember how we met yeah i do too my <gasps> sister went missing then we my found sister, her body and then we sister. fell in love yeah. so i don't know this remember, this movie that spends that, that mentally ill criminal yeah. together i do oh i love you uh this this movie pushes like all almost all 90 minutes of like empathy for norman empathy for norman remember you know yes he killed people once but that really does like it makes it out to be like they should just have called this like psycho 2 empathy for norman because they (laughs) really want you to view him like he has been rehabilitated like he is now this like he's got the gray hair he's kind of an old man he's like got his little mr roger sweaters and i feel like everything is just just so designed just between us gals just the three of us 
had yes. a little crush, had a little boner for uh, for old Norman Bates. Wasn't proud really? of himself. Thought okay. it was cute, like a little silver fox. Like I wanted to be like, you'll be okay. Like <laughs> just a little piece of me. Like I'm just between us. Okay. Don't tell the rest. I'm, of pretty sure, I'm pretty sure not ten minutes ago is when you were like, I'm not buying Norman. A hundred percent. I am a mystery. What can I tell you? Put a little silver fox in him and like, yeah, maybe I'd hit that. Am I keeping him behind bars? Absolutely. My like fantasizing about him later. Maybe. Yeah. And that's something you're going to have to reconcile for yourself. <laughs> somebody, yeah, no, somebody, somebody here needs the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a hundred. I'm surprised it took you an hour to realize that about me. <laughs> well, listen, I feel, I feel like that was like the, like all the other stuff. It was like, <laughs> we could deal with that. It's like, well, I fantasize about Norman Bates, even though he should be in prison. Yeah. It's like, oh, you need <laughs> Just listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do need the Lord. I. <laughs> fair no it's it's very fair this movie is like you brought me on this show i I know you've saved her see this this movie is this is my exorcism yeah (laughs) it's it's like the typical hollywood manipulation of the film like (laughs) this is this is all that that is and i actually like the fact that at the end of it all you know oh poor norman and he's been manipulated and tricked and they're just trying to like gaslight him in the whole nine i do like at the end of it all he's like i'm gonna kill you and I like that he killed. I hate that plot twist that Norma Bates was wasn't his real mother. Right? Like, uh, I thought you, that was you, a really dumb plot twist. Have you seen Psycho 3? Oh, so do you not want me to tell you anything? Don't say anything because I'm going to watch it. I'm in. I'm right. oh, okay. I would watch, I would really watch Psycho 3 if that's a huge issue for you. Watch Psycho 3. Wow. I'm going to watch. All right. So I'm going to reserve judgment. I mean, or do you guys not, want me to? I'll not, like, la, 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 la. good, but it'll fix the story. Wow. Okay. It was... I, I maybe I'll go back and I'll I, maybe I will watch Psycho three though. But yeah, I didn't like the you were done because I that. feel like they had to be like, well, there was such a huge plot twist in Psycho one. We have to have a plot twist in Psycho uh, two, it, and it's like, like it was like the Abnight Shyamalan. Yeah, plot like, twist in Psycho two very easily could have just been that she was you know the old lady that was nice to him at his new job when he was trying to rehabilitate himself. She came over and now he's just given into his, you know, forgive the pun psycho tendencies. Yeah. And oh. just cracked with the shovel. That might have been like, cool. Yeah, that might have yeah. been cool. Like she could have like <laughs> just reminded him of mother. Yeah. 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 Even that's about yeah. I think would have been enough of a plot twist of like, wow, I spent this whole movie like feeling bad and rooting for him. And now he's just uh yeah. embracing psycho. what he is. Yeah, hmm. Interesting. I think that would have been enough of a plot twist. I think you're right. I don't think we needed. She mm-hmm. wasn't your real mom. Yeah, I'm like that's dumb. I I, I do huh. have to give credit. I I I my 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 note is I do like that they're a little bit woke in this movie in in 1983. <laughs> I agree. I like that while Lila and some people in the town were like, "Oh, Norman's been let out. Norman's a serial killer. He's a psycho," and they're like shitty with him. I like that the police force was like, he paid his dues. He did his time. They were very woke. <laughs> they were very good to him. And they You're were right. like, you, would get, you know, they were like, there's a murder. We're going to question you. He's like, here's my truth. They were and like, they were okay, so dude. For- <laughs> like, I like that they were they on were the forgiving. level of Norman and they weren't just shitty human beings for the sake of being shitty human beings, Such which I feel call. like. I feel and like in, in so many, many of these movies, how many horror movies do you root for the police also? Exactly. <laughs> I feel like nine times out of 10, you get fucking a fucking bunch of Keystone cops and they're all mm-hmm. like, oh, one's and a killer. And they suck, killer, right. They're kid. like mob like, bent up, right? I like that the sheriff was like, let's all okay, take dude. a breath here, right? Yeah. You and know? he also believes that there's murders are happening because that's what the, it's either like, 
that guy's always a killer and we're going to, we're going to join the mob to take him out like in uh, Texas chainsaw, mm-hmm. or right. it's going to be like the kids running in there. Like there's a killer running loose and he killed a bunch of my friends. It's like, okay, listen, drunk yeah. kids, there's right, none of right. that is happening. Yourself. You guys are just high on something. Yeah. This is the first time that it's like, Oh, you guys are kind of sweet to him. All right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Within and the even, context of the movie, you're, you're, well, yeah. I like that the character, it wasn't just the audience that was being yeah. forced to empathize with him. I like that actual characters of importance in the plot of the story mm-hmm. had empathy for him. I loved his doctor, you know, the, oh, the, yeah. the Robert, Robert Loja. Oh, thank you. I, I, I always want to call him Franklin Angelo. I don't know why. I Listen, always guys, mix up him and Franklin Angelo for some reason. If you're trying I mean, to get me to look like, just a, it's, it's just another lovable old guy actor. It is. It really is. If but you, you got to love Robert Loja because all you want to see is him, uh, you know, dancing on a piano with Tom Hanks. Yeah, agreed. A hundred percent. But also, guys, if you're trying to make me let him out, you might be, it might be working. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you're right it's like no you're right it's true it's it's surprisingly woke jackie you're telling me you're done with it yet you're selling it so well to me like i'm like yeah this movie's fucking good like <laughs> uh it, it, it really has no business being as good as it is considering it's a 20 year later sequel to a classic film i'm not even gonna say like a classic horror movie like it is yeah it is on most people's lists as one of the best films ever made yeah and a sequel to it really has no business being as interesting as it is and i think pretty fucking bananas where it is and just be like here was psycho 2 and now he's real now he's norman bates psycho not norma now he's like yeah race like i know who i am and what i am and what i am is a bad killer dude Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's like they actually let him embody like everything that they told him that he was in the first movie. Now yeah. he gets to be that. Like yeah. now it's like fun. You want to call me a psycho? Boom! Now you're yeah. right. Now you get a psycho. Again, which is um, why I think you could have ended yeah. the movie. That ending scene is so good mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the shovel. With you didn't need. Um, Agreed. The extra twist. Yeah. But that honestly, like that shot of him walking away from the house and her mm-hmm. silhouette in the window, and yeah. him just is like. What a great, like, that's a great I into it, yeah. right there. You brought it full circle. We can end it right there. You know, and I, it's just, uh, one of the, one of the really positive takeaways that I can say from, from Psycho 2 is that Marissa, the next time I see you, I'm going to hug you. I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to tell you, you smell like toasted cheese sandwiches and with the hopes that we can, you know, I'm going to get into your pants. I was like, <laughs> Okay, to be like, perfectly honest, did anybody else get really grossed out when he gives her a sandwich and he puts his fingers all over the half of the sandwich when he cuts it and then is like, oh, I'm not hungry. You yes. can eat this whole thing. It's like, I'm not going to eat it now. Yeah, no, I'm good. Like, why don't you lick it? Do you know there's a pandemic pre, going on, sir? Pre, wash your hands. Even pre-COVID, that would have been like, well, you yeah, know what? I'm going to pass those- my appetite too here, brother. I expected him to be like, I'm gonna mash up potatoes, like with the little hand. Get your strong arm. Get your strong hand in. Oh, and strong hand. <laughs> it's man, yeah, it's gross. It's but yeah, no, really Marissa, gross. you're my you're you're my little toasted cheese sandwich, Marissa. Okay. Well, <laughs> it was so strange. Oh, this has been fun. Thanks for having me on. I feel like this is turning into a whole different kind of show it's now. Weird. We're getting weird now. We're getting funny. See, we're going psycho. We're all going a little mad sometimes. We're all going a little mad sometimes. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> we bring it a full circle. <laughs> Can I ask a practical question about this movie? Yes. And I maybe maybe I missed the body count, 
in the very beginning of the courtroom scene, Lila is like, are we really going to let a guy go who is responsible for seven murders? There were not seven. <laughs> there were only six. If you count all, if you count Norma and her lover, the two young girls that they said went missing, mm-hmm. Marion and uh, Aber- Abergast. Yeah. Who's, who's the seventh? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Because, yeah, I thought it was six, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only was, and only yeah. two on screen. But if you want to count yeah. them all, then it was only six he was responsible for. Unless you want to get really, like, psychoanalyst and be like, well, also, Norma kind of killed Norman at the end of that. Cause yeah, if you want, I if I did make that argument in my head. And I was like, they're gonna make fun of me if I say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you say that out loud, I will make fun of you. 100%. Six murders, but seven. That's murders. at least I remembered in my head not to say it out loud. Yes, yeah, yes. six kills, but seven murders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I just think I don't know. Like to me, like why are we like? Did we wait twenty two years because we wanted to show the context of Norman Bates served twenty two years in jail? Also, by the way, with this movie, um, Anthony Perkins didn't want to redo another Psycho movie. And when he found out they were going to do Psycho 2 and Christopher Walken was cast as Norman Bates, he stepped in and was like, yeah, I'll do this. I got this. Oh, my God. Could you imagine 1983 Christopher Walken? What Christopher a, Walker. Okay, can we face. just say how much better that this movie could have possibly been? If Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken? Mother, I know, you're on the phone. <laughs> Shut up. That's the movie we deserved, y'all. You're yes. sitting here saying this movie should have never been made. I don't want to kill her. <laughs> like, I, I can't believe we almost had a Norman a Norman Bates equals Christopher Walken, and you're sitting oh, here telling man. me we didn't deserve oh, this. Yeah, and then he'd suck around. So there are four, there was the original Psycho, then there's one, two, three, four, and then the remake, correct? Correct, and then the show. Right, there's four cycle the, movies, the remake, and then the show. And then the Bates Motel. I definitely want to watch Bates Motel, though, because I like I the two it. actors that played Norman and Norma. Mm-hmm. I like those actors. So Me I definitely too. do want to check out Bates Motel. It's, um, it's, I thought it was good. Yeah. I, I, th- I think that it got a little too soapy sometimes. But I'm here for it. <laughs> It was like first season really good, last season really good. A lot of stuff in the middle was like, okay, you probably pared this down and have like one mini series, even like a two season mini series, like a maxi series, mm-hmm. and then let it go. I'm watching Supernatural for the first time ever, and oh, I'm now lucky. I'm now in I'm in season fifteen. I'm I'm, oh, yeah. now, I'm I'm on episode five, season wow. fifteen. So I am wrapping this up. I've spent the last like two and a half months binging supernatural so i need something to watch next so maybe maybe bates motel will be my next yeah is a good way to go it's been a journey i realize also with me that i am like the the late to the game girl like Mm -hmm. i will find a show that happened like 20 years (laughs) ago and be like oh look all like however many seasons like now i'll watch it like uh, x-files a couple years you were for the first time like i dove in head first i had seen a couple but I had never like solidly watched it. And then like, like it might've been 2019, 2020, I forget, but I was just like, you know what I need to watch from start to finish? The X-Files. I did it with the X-Files. I did it with the West Wing. Yeah. Uh, I've done but, it with I a mean, couple shows. COVID made a lot of people do that where it was like, yeah. I have nothing else to do but watch Netflix and Hulu and all that. So it's like, what shows can I binge? And it's like, oh, I discovered this show from 30 years ago that I didn't realize was awesome. 
Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm definitely one of those people where I, I want, I'm a binge watcher, like give, let, let me have all X amount of seasons right there available immediately for me and let me go at my own pace. Like the yeah. whole waiting, I mean, Game of Thrones was a show where I, you know, had to watch it and wait like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, certain shows I will do that for, but yeah, if, if I have the choice, <laughs> like I don't want to watch anything that's currently on TV because um, right now on Amazon Prime, Mad About You is streaming. Um, and I can watch Mad About You and relive 1992 and be like, yes, this is awesome. And I can watch the whole entire series. Silly. That's true. My, my, my Marissa had the uh, privilege of being able to binge. She didn't start until the, she didn't start Game of Thrones until the last season was in the middle of airing. Wow. Oh, okay. so, and I had, I had like bought all the seasons. And so we watched that and she was like, oh, let's do one more. Yeah, let's do one more. I'm like, yeah. Wish. Couldn't, couldn't do this if you started six years ago. Yeah, like I know. <laughs> and God, I can't say anything because I I came into the series. I think all of the books ha- were already out by the time I started to watch the series. My friend James lent me the books um, and he had told me that at one point there was like an 11 year gap between some of the books. And I'm like, oh, oh my yeah. God. I'm like, that's. I'm like, yeah, that's where I'm like, okay, you gotta, I can't, I can't. Right, I don't, so I don't that's remember. why I'm like, give me, just give me the stuff. I mean, it's been hard enough with Stranger Things. We're I'm still waiting. waiting for the, we're still waiting for the final book well, of Game it, of Thrones. Still oh, exactly. But like with Stranger Things, I'm not going to watch any of season four until part two in July. Like, I'm going to wait because I want to watch it all at once. I don't want to sit there and what? have to wait and guess. Like I can easily avoid social media and the spoilers. I'm waiting till I can just sit and watch the whole thing at once. Oh, see, I have too many people in my life that watch it that like, even though I'm on episode three, I'm seeing so- like somebody posted today, something like what, what is, what is your song that you would use for that song that Max uses? And I'm like, what happened to Max? What is going, what song? <laughs> now I have to watch it. Cause I don't know what that means. See, I can't, I get, I like the waiting. I like the waiting part. Like even with Obi-Wan, I'm like, yeah, I gotta wait till next week to watch Obi. Like I'm okay with the wait. I like, I like to be like, wait till next week, Marissa. It's just like, it's 1988. You're good. Like I, no, like a, the boys, I was happy it came out one at a time. Like I'm like, I don't have any patience my whistle. for that. I was yeah. gonna say, and on that note. <laughs> on that note, Psycho 2, not <laughs> terrible. I'm with you on that. Jack not here. terrible. Probably wouldn't That's run terrible. to watch it again anytime soon, mm-hmm. but if it was on and I was bored, I'd be like, I'll watch a little of it. A lot of times with, with certain horror movies, I'm like, yeah, I'd throw it on at a Halloween party. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I wouldn't do that with this one. No, oh, yeah, no that's either. true. I wouldn't, I yeah. wouldn't, this wouldn't be background noise for me. No. I would have to intentionally watch it for a reason. Whereas, yeah. yeah. Like Scream, that could be background noise for me. I could come in at any point and be like, oh, yeah. I know what's happening. I know what's going on. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. fun. I can watch it from here. This is not that. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Certainly is not that. But not as bad as other, you know, you're, you're conditioned to think it's bad. It's going to be bad because of when it came out, mm-hmm. you know, in, mm-hmm. you know, sequel them. Yeah. But it's True not, story. it's not as bad as uh, you're, you're led to believe by its unfortunate timing. <laughs> yeah. Fair. So. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun talking about these two movies. Um, yes, thank you for having me. It was, uh, the pleasure was all mine. Awesome. Uh, tell us again where we can find your blog in case uh, people want to check it out. Uh, the blog is uh, the last film on the left.wordpress.com. All right. And, and- uh, that will bring you to all of the, uh, you know, they're just kind of one right after another, or you can click on individual ones and 
feel free to, you know, contact me if you agree or disagree or want to talk faith or horror or the happy marriage that can be both. <laughs> I would, uh, you know, love to do that with uh, any listeners or you guys or, you know, any of the above. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, we had a really good time talking about these movies with you. And I, for one, am proud of myself for only having been referenced to Need God only once. So I'm going to give myself a little <laughs> shout out for that. Um, <laughs> Jackie, I can't say how many times I may have thought it, but thought I only it, yeah. need to say it out loud. I, once. I, that's true. And, and if somebody should say it for me, I appreciate it. Um, at, le- at least every few episodes, you need to be reminded <laughs> that you should probably maybe explore that option. Right. Every either an episode or seeing my family, whichever comes first. But usually someone <laughs> yeah. will remind me I need Jesus. Um, <laughs> Jackie. Tell them where to find us. Don't forget to check us out <laughs> on social media or your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Jersey Ghouls and you will find us. You can also go to our website, jerseyghouls.com. You will find our blog, our podcast, our contact information, and all sorts of fun stuff. So come on by, say hi again on our uh, podcasting apps, Spotify. Give us a five-star rating because you know we're awesome on iTunes or whatever they call it these days. I don't have an Apple. Apple Music, <laughs> what is Apple Podcasts? Do the, the, the oh my fruit God, thing, the whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, Spotify, I haven't even uses that thing anymore. I mean, honestly. <laughs> Spotify's not cool. <laughs> Spotify's not cool? What do we go podcast now? What do we do? I don't know. Um, we're hip where, where over do the here. Kids do, where do the kids do podcasts these days? Uh... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm 36. I don't know. <laughs> oh God. I'm looking at you, Marissa. You got little ones. Where are the cool kids? Do, does it, a podcast not think, cool anymore? Wait, are, we, not, are, we, yeah. are we not cool anymore? Are we obsolete? What's, Wait, what's I'm still cool, right? Uh, Guys, look, tell me I'm listen, cool. Look at the backgrounds of each one of our screens. We are still pretty freaking cool. Let, let's, let's be real here. <laughs> if my, oh, if my Fear Street collection says anything about me, it says <laughs> I'm super cool. Oh, yeah. Listen, I got my goosebumps shelf right here. That was that was my uh, that was my gateway drug into horror. Was, uh, R.L. Stein. There, yeah, exactly. Uh, we can blame this whole thing on R.L. Stein. Uh, bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. There we go. Can't seem to face up to the facts. I'm tense and nervous and I can't relax. Can't sleep because my bed's on fire. Touch me, I'm a real live wire. Psycho killer. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.